Welcome to the Sports Gloss with Justin Jamal. I'm Jamal Cox. Thanks for joining us for part two of episode 16. I'm going to talk some sports on this one. I want to start off with the French Open. Semifinals took place on the men's side today. Carlos Akraz versus Novak Djokovic. We've been talking about it. I've been waiting for it, and it finally happened. Djokovic wins in four sets. Unfortunately, Alcaraz got injured. Carlitos had some cramps that came up uh, in his legs and then kind of full body cramps, which just looked just awful and, and terrible. He still was in good spirits throughout that. But the final two sets after the cramps started in the third, 6-1, 6-1 to Djokovic. So he finishes it in four, and he moves on to the finals, survives and advances. And he's staring at the face, staring in the face, I should say, of a men's record potentially if he wins this one on Sunday that's number 23 he eclipses what Rafa and Roger have done and he becomes the all-time great as far as grand slams go for men's tennis shout out to Serena Williams still doing doing it on the women's side and, and holding the title there as a goat but all that being said the second set was amazing top tier tennis when Alcaraz was still healthy he was running down balls that no one else would even be able to or even some players wouldn't even try to get to. He had a shot in the second set that probably shot of the tournament might be in the argument for a shot of the year, kind of drop shot lob, ran a shot down, forehand on the spin, winner, clean. Even Novak gave him an applause at the net. So that was pretty incredible. If you can find that, Please take a look at that and just see how brilliant this uh, this young guy is. But credit to Novak. He absorbed the pressure, played really well. He had some moments where it looked like his arm was was uh, giving him some problems. He has that lingering elbow issue. He was kind of stretching it out, his wrist and things in his forearm, possibly a little bit of tennis elbow. So we'll see. He said he wasn't that fresh after the match on the on-court interview. So we'll see what he has left in the tank for Sunday. I think he gets it done. He'll be facing... Casper Ruud, who beat uh, Sasha Zverev today pretty handily in, in three straight sets. And it was, he's just cruise control, honestly. Cruising um, Ruud looks really good. Back where he was last year when he lost to Rafa in the final um, on Roland Garros, at Roland Garros, I don't see Ruud winning unless Novak is banged up and there's you know some lingering injuries or he's just fatigued. But We'll see what happens. That's why you play the game, play the matches, right? So I think Novak's going to take care of business. On the women's side tomorrow, we've got Sviantek playing against Mukhova, which is totally an upset. I thought we were in a collision course for Sabalinka v. Sviantek, and, and everybody was kind of, you know, mouth-watering for that matchup. But credit to Mukhova. She did what she had to do, got it done, was really resilient against Sabalenka. We've talked about Sabalenka's yips at Indian Wells. She had some service issues yesterday when it really counted and seemed like the mental pressure got to her. And Mukova, like her game, big forehand, nice slice backhand, perseverance. She's kind of a, a journey person, if you will. She beat Sakari in the first round, and we kind of like, huh, Sakari's out. Who's this? And she just keeps winning, playing lights out tennis. So should be fun tomorrow. I think Sviantec will take it, but um, there we go. That's your French Open recap. I'm sure next week I'll just touch on uh, kind of the aftermath and, and the winners and the, some of the takeaways. i got lots of thoughts about that. Uh, but with that, just want to transition. We'll talk a little bit of NBA and as well uh, just some sports washing, what's going on with Saudi Arabia, just buying up all of the sports entities. 
So no further ado, kick back, relax, and enjoy. Welcome back to the Sports Class with Justin and Jamal. Welcome back. Talking NBA with J&J. It's that time again. Let's talk about Game 3. Jokic first to post a 30-20-10 triple-double in the finals. Jamal Murray also posted a triple-double. I think he had over 30. Crazy stuff. Christian, Christian Brown game, too, for a lot of people. Don't call him Braun. Brown. So... Thoughts? Game three. How are you feeling about this series? Interesting that it went back to Miami. And even though the Heat won the previous game, they won game two in Denver. I watched most of the second half. I thought the Nuggets looked in control the whole time. The whole second half, they looked great. I mean, Jokic is balling out of his mind. Our guy from Kitchener, Jamal, played really well. This series is going six or seven games. But... To me, the Nuggets look not in control, but the lug the Nuggets look good. The Nugs look good. You think six or seven though? Still, you think Miami's got at least one more win left? Yes. All right. All right. Your so thought, your thoughts. Part of me feels like gentleman sweep. Mm. It feels like five. Mm. Which was your original take on it? Yeah. That being said. Miami is such a chaotic team, such an interesting team. They get hot one night. Caleb Martin remembers how to shoot the ball. Your boy. Now, you said to me, I I wrote this down. You said to me that one of the key ingredients to this series was Caleb Martin and who was guarding Caleb Martin or how the Nugs chose to guard Caleb Martin. Through three games, Caleb Martin has 16 points. Now, I don't want to besmirch what he did in the last round because he was hot, hot, hot. The round before that as well. He's He's been in Fuego. See. But it, he kind of kind of feels like he hit. To me, he was an X factor in this series. Clock struck midnight. Feels that way. It does. Yeah. And yeah, I think that. Not that he couldn't, you know, show up tomorrow night with a flamethrower and set it on fire. Yeah. But. It feels like it's trending down. It does. It feels like it's. He's run out of legs. Yeah. Speaking of which, mm-hmm. that's my question for you. How injured is Jimmy? Because something's not right. Yeah, Jimmy Butler right. is looking... Scuttlebutt is that he's been battling a foot injury for a little while, most of the playoffs, and he's sort of you know, playing through it, a little bit of uh, ho- sort of hockey style in NHL playoffs there. Yeah, he seems to be battling a little bit. You'll notice he starts off a little slow, and then when he gets, he gets his momentum and he gets in the groove and kind of picks up. But yeah, he's not shooting it as well as he normally does. He's moving pretty well, but... It, yeah, it's not quite there like it was before. But, I mean, he's the engine. He's the will of the team. I feel like he can still push them through to win another game or two. But, yeah, it does appear like there's there he's hurt. Tyler Hero's hurt. Yeah, he's not going to be back for the next game, as far as I know, as of recording this. Bam mm-hmm. was talking today, and mm-hmm. it was a lot of ifs and, and maybes. But he hasn't even played in so long. He's At this point... He's irrelevant. It's a shooting hand injury as well, and that just is dodgy. Like yeah, no, he, to come in, you like, almost can't even throw him in there. Pat Riley almost can't even throw him in there. Like that. <laughs> you haven't played. And what, look at the six, hats he's been wearing on the sidelines. We're just gonna let a bad bucket hat live on forever. I've seen mannequins in store windows better dressed than this guy. Goddamn right. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't. I, don't, I think Tyler Hero's gone. I think he's done in this. You think? Do you think Miami gets another game? I don't. 
Mm. I don't. I mean, maybe they come back this weekend, they win game four. But mm. I, it feels imminent. Like, mm. after that performance, like, it feels like Mike Malone, you know, after game two, got in that ass, yeah. said some things. Mike, Mike Malone... I didn't realize is the son of former Raptors head coach Brendan Malone. I didn't realize that he was the son. And when and now that I know that and I see Mike Malone on TV, he looks exactly like longtime NBA assistant and Toronto Raptors head coach for a chunk of time, Brendan Malone. I didn't know that. Also, I should say Michael. Yeah, I think he's a big Michael guy. He is a big Michael. Guy. Matthew McConaughey. I'm Matt. Yeah, that's interesting. Michael. That's not interesting. Mike. That's interesting. Why do you people, why 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 you, you why would someone roll like that? I don't know. Maybe just an edge. Mm. I call, need that edge. Call me Michael. <laughs> you walk around correcting people constantly, and it gives you a little bit of. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Udonis Haslam plays. Yeah. Ud gets a couple minutes of burn at forty three and twenty years with the same team. Wild. Very cool. Oldest player. Not bad. Yeah, he's happy birthday. By the time uh, people are listening to this, he'll be 43, June 9th. He's Re- my age. Relatable to you. Yeah. And he's still going. I think I pulled my groin yesterday, and he's still out there doing stuff. I will say, can we just go back to sort of the momentum swings in this series? Are you talking about a gentleman sweep? It is hard not to overreact on every game, though, right? Like, yeah. The Heat win game two, and it's like, hey, they they're they're in this. This is this is a tight series. The Nugs win game three in Miami, and now everyone's kind of like, oh, you know, Denver's got the juice again. They're gonna roll through the next couple of games. As I always say to uh, parents of players, as well as even looking at this, tournaments are long, yeah. series are also long, right? Well said. Yeah, you have to you have to give it the room. It's easy to overreact. Lots of people do that. Your boy Stephen A has been on fire the last couple of days, <laughs> and I say that sarcastically. But series are long. If you're a parent of a of a young athlete, tournaments are long. Don't overreact in the first game or two. It only seems like a couple of days, but it's actually a lifetime. And there's two games, in, so excuse me. There's two days in between games as well, which is a long time in an NBA player player's clock, if you will. Yeah. There's recovery time. There's time to watch tape. There's time for Spo to try to figure out different ways to make that zone work or whatever he wants to come up with. And he's coaching them up. Spo's coaching them up. Let's be honest. This is an eight seed play in seed. I know some people were saying like last year, you know, they were a higher seed. They mm-hmm. had more going on, but you're missing Hero. Mm-hmm. You got some other parts. You got a lot of these kids that are undrafted that mm-hmm. are really, you know, doing more than being role players for these also, guys. The the long forgotten is Victor Oladipo. Ola Odipo. Long forgotten is Victor. That's another option at guard with Hero also being that other option at guard that you just don't have the depth there. Here on the gloss, I don't want to speak for you, Jamal, but here on the gloss, I think we're rolling with the Nugs. It feels like the Nugs in this series, but I think, I think, check the app, my bet 365, I think the Heat (laughs) win game four. Okay. Yeah, I think the Heat win the next game. I love it. I owe you money and and beer, so maybe I'll 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 bet you. (laughs) I'll take it. Saturday afternoon. I'll take it. Yeah. All right. Cool. Let's see what happens. Let's see. I mean, our boy, uh, Michael Porter Shooter, has been really stinking it up. He has. So if he has another bad one and that's counteracted by someone stepping up, maybe 
Kevin Love. Kevin Love, by the way, I feel like he should be the only player in the NBA that should have like a like a I don't know special special dispensation to wear a cardigan while he's playing. Yeah, he just yeah. looks like he just needs to be like a brown cardi, <laughs> like just pulling threes. <laughs> hitting outlet passes with that beard he yeah. just looks like oh it's like uncle kevin he's so nice he's yeah. so cool yeah. like you go to his house he has like the best treats it's yeah. a nut-free house but it, it is we're good. Free. he's got an allergy <laughs> yeah you're right good for him to be playing well he's kind of been put back in the rotation he's starting most games he seems to i like it he has the experience he's been there he's done that yeah. he can hit a three ball he's another body that he, can... he makes a wonderful outlet pass that you just said cardigan or not might be better than Tua Tagovailoa. i can't say his last name tua or kevin love better passer yeah no i'd take k love in that chestnut <laughs> cardi <laughs> I'm never going to try to say Tua's last name again, by the way. It's hard. <laughs> try it when you go to Hawaii in November. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I agree. Like, it's cool to see him. And it's, we were talking about some of these older, elder players, if you will, the old heads, like Uncle Gref, Jeff Green. Sorry, Uncle Jeff Green still getting it done. Jeff Green, who's played 15 years in the league. Wow. Yeah. Georgetown. First team he ever played for? Jeff Green went to Georgetown? Oh, yeah. Nice fact. Who's the first? Who was his first NBA stop? Let me give me a moment. I want to say Boston. Close. Jeff Green was played. Drafted. He's played for a shitload of teams. Yeah, he's he's well. He might have played for fifteen teams in fifteen years. Not quite. He's been on a lot of squads. I don't know who was it. The Seattle SuperSonics. What? Well, that dates him. Does it ever? That team doesn't exist anymore. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. He played. Yeah. Did he play with Durant? Yes. Yes, he did. In Seattle? Yes, he did. That's wild. Yeah, man. That's a great fact. Yeah, man. Wow. We got to we have to talk about this in the pod. We got to do a Grizzly Sonics pod. Yeah. The uh, the Pacific Northwest what used to be yeah, what could have been. The barren land, the barren basketball lands now. Yeah. God damn. I know. The Grizzly truth. Well, we'll get there. The truth hurts. We got to get the emotions, like process everything, yeah. so we can, we can go to go to air with. <laughs> no, I need a little more time. <laughs> <laughs> Want to do some quick hits here? Oh, as well, I should say, Kyle Lowry. Yeah. We we're talking about yeah, these sorry. other players. Fine. Let's give Kyle Lowry. Give him some flowers. To, yeah, let's give Kyle and his great base. Let's give him <laughs> some flowers because he's played pretty well. He signs with Miami. It's like $99 million over three years. Raptors fans have their underwear all tight because he's left. And then Miami Heat fans weren't really happy with the signing early. He was hurt. Not a discontent, but maybe a disconnect there. At times, he's battling injury. And new team, new situation. You infill whatever you will there. But Kyle Lowry in the playoffs hitting that sort of junction three-pointer, the way he moves on the left side, it's nice to see. It sort of warms the cockles of the heart for 2019 when the Raptors won it all. I, I like I like Kyle Lowry. I, I, I like Kyle, Kyle Lowry. I mean, he was the Bay Street Bulldog. He was the real engine of the Raps for a long time. Yep. And to see him have a chance at a title to be – He's coming off the bench, but he's playing a lot and contributing. And if he gets hot, he can win a game for them. I like to see Kalo do well. Who plays the refs better, Kyle or CP3? 
Uh, well, I think they like Kyle more because he's not a complainer like CP3. <laughs> CP3's. He's I've saw him live. He's, he's such a complainer. Such a complainer, right? Like, yeah. you, you know, you complain to the refs on every play. You're never going to get a call. Kyle befriends them a little bit more. And, and maybe yeah, I think there's a little more give and take there where with CP3 and his limpy hamstring, like the, he doesn't have that. So I'm into Kyle. Shouts to Kyle. I like watching Kyle do his thing. If well, if Miami actually turned around and won this, and Kyle Lowry got another ring and really solidified himself in as an all timer, that wouldn't bother me. No, I, I hear you. I as much as I beat up on him, I, I really do like what he does. He brings a different pace to the game. A lot of those like pass, like handoff moves, like he can hit a jumper. He can get into the lane. He can draw a charge. This is another Miami related question for you. I don't know the stats, but off the top of your head, do you think Kyle has more career charges that he's drawn or Shane Battier? Mm, probably Shane Former Battier. Former Heat. Yeah, probably Shane Battier prob- probably does. Feels that way. Yeah, Duke guy. Loves a flop. But <laughs> Kyle, put, I'll just put the brakes on right here and Kyle, let you pummel me. Yeah, but Kyle, Kyle's close. Kyle is, yeah. yeah his defensive positioning is unparalleled almost for the aforementioned chain it's a good question and i think in the nba that's something that's really noticeable and reputable because you don't see charges in the nba in the same way you see guys that look like they're outside of the semicircle that designated area but then there's you know a few years ago a few years ago jc that's a good point a few years ago you were seeing charges all the time yep they're much less frequent now no, you see a lot of more, if it's a charge or an offensive foul, it's like the James Harden offhand mm-hmm. push or mm-hmm. like the, the leg kick. But you don't see like the offensive fouls that are straight up classic. We're doing, ch- yeah. you know, on your like high school team. It's like, oh, fun. I'm going to fall on my ass a bunch of times and get hit repeatedly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Take this this hard blow and make it seem like it's a soft knock and then hit the deck. <laughs> Snap my tailbone. Never forget my my buddy Darren Grimes. I don't know if he's listening, but if he is out there, he uh, was a shooter. He's a great player. I remember he was playing, I think, AAU or something preseason to our uh, our school league, mm-hmm. and um, they're doing drills, not even in game, doing charge drills. And he put his hand down, just kind of reactionary. He just broke his wrist. Broke his wrist. Had to miss <sighs> a large chunk of our season. Dang. Just for doing charge drills. It's like. It's it's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. I'm not a fan of it. I feel like maybe you put some pads down or something, and you really have to instill in the kids like, you know, cover up, keep your hands in front of you. But there's also that natural inclination to put your hand down. Sorry for the tangent, but charges just took my mind there. Darren Grimes, hope you're well. He's a big hokey. Shout out to (laughs) is he? Yeah, VT all the way. Let's do some quick hits about some of the things that are happening in the NBA outside of the finals. uh, finals. A little bit of... uh, (laughs) It's that time of year when uh, the Ben Simmons Instagram photos of in the gym grinding. Yes, a lot. All that stuff's happening. And then there's a lot of other stuff with the the coaching carousel. So I'm just going to go through a couple of things real quick and just give me your, your response. Okay. Vogel to Phoenix. And they wave CP3. Yeah. The aforementioned. Quick thoughts there. Seems like an odd, odd match to me. I don't, I don't love it. I don't love it. Um, I don't, I'm not sure where does DeAndre Ayton do? What does he do in this equation? 
by all accounts, and I don't know, but by all accounts, it seems like Vogel's kind of a defensive coach. Yep. How does that translate between DeAndre Ayton and the easy money sniper Kevin Durant? They've they've admonished they've admonished CP3 now, which is a good move because he was going to be hurt anyway. Probably, I think they'll figure it out, but that seems like an interesting match. Match to me, Vogel's got a good rep. We'll see. Vogel dealt with those personalities in LA through the bubble, got mm-hmm. that title there, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. was immediately scapegoated and ditched. Good point. Good point. So I think he can deal with it. He, like you said, he does have that defensive kind of lean to his uh, his style of coaching. So maybe that's what they need. But honestly, I think what they need is a, is a, uh, a third amigo, if you will. Yeah. And I think you're getting rid of CP3. Aiden was never going to be that guy. You're seeing Jock Landale, my guy with the terrible haircut. The Aussie. The Aussie. He's he's. I like it. He looks, mm-hmm. like I said, like an Australian rules football player out there, but he gets the job done. But mm-hmm. he's still in minutes away from Aiton in the Jokic series. Yeah. And I just feel like... It's a bit convoluted there. Yeah. Get some picks. Move Aiton. Don't have to do another contract with him. No. Move they're, CP3. They're gonna, they're, I think they're tying their wagon Aiton. I think... Think Wag- so? Yeah. I think Aiton and Vogel are a match. I think they're stuck. Can KD and D-Book get in his ear and like D-Book, change... Right. D-Book, was the other name I was Can they of. change his... Can they pull more out of uh, Aiton in the way of like maybe a little bit of uh, just aggro, like an yeah. edge to yeah. him? Can they get yeah. an edge yeah. from him? I think CP3 out of there. Because D-Book and KD are scared yeah. of no yeah. one. Sorry, go ahead. No, I think, I think uh, Chris Paul out of there probably helps that equation. We're talking about the, the nucleus there and the chemistry there. I think Chris Paul gone and his State Farm pants out of there. <laughs> I think that's good for for all three of the aforementioned D book, KD, and Aiden. I think I think there's something there. Vogel again is a, apparently a defensive coach, but how can you be a defensive coach when you got KD and your boy? I know they're trying to outscore the teams. Team. Yeah. Yeah. Get a point guard. He seems smart enough to acclimate to his rosters. KYP, know your personnel. I think he I think mm, he can. Great point. I think he can. Great point. We'll move on. Uh but really interested to see what happens to Phoenix. And then uh we were talking Raptors earlier. Nick Nurse. Mm. Philadelphia 76ers, first presser, guy in his face. James Harden coming back a what? Yeah, and he didn't answer the question. No, if you he haven't didn't. seen the clip, go look at Nick Nurse's um, introductory press conference in Philly and the Philly media giving him the old, the old how's she going, <laughs> pulling no punches. Uh-uh. Get direct, used to it. Direct as the L train, just really let's get to it. So uh, direct as a what was it a Yingling to your brain? <laughs> there it is, Yingling. Great yeah, callback. Yeah. I love it. I'm going to tip back one or two of those when I get back stateside Lovely. next month. Lovely. Do you keep Harden if you're Philly? Very, very good question and a hard question to answer. Nick Nurse was very non committal if he wanted Harden to stay. Yeah. <sighs> I. I Maybe if I'm Nick Nurse and I'm walking into that job and the reason he didn't say yes, we want James Harden to stay, is that he, in fact, he probably doesn't. Right, like maybe yeah. he wants, he wants Joel Embiid. He wants your boy Tyrese Maxey. Build around Maxey. That's what I say. And maybe we shuffle James out, and we get some pieces back. 
I'm not sure if he's a free agent or if he's trade eligible, but like maybe he doesn't want that headache to start. Sure. You know, I, that that would seem reasonable. I think Nick Nurse can coach his pants off. Yep. I kind of like this spot for him. I'm not sure who's on his staff. Adrian Griffin, his lead assistant, just landed in Milwaukee to take the job with the Bucks. Great, great call. So I like Nick Nurse. Interesting choice by him. If I was him, I would have taken the aforementioned job in Phoenix with D-Book and KD and Aiton. Me too. But he chose Philly, so good for him. But can Embiid stay healthy? That's number one ingredient. What are they going to do with James Harden? Maxie seems like a great player. What else happens there? Interesting fit, but they got some They got some talent. Yeah, I mean, George Niang and like... Tobias Harris. Oh, Toby Harris. Love Toby Harris. <laughs> May not be those dudes and get you there. Like, but you've got old heads like PJ Tucker. I, I guess he's coming back. And like yep. some of these other yep. culture guys. Yep. And if you can get like one or two little ingredients here and get hot, you can make a run. We've seen that the Celtics are susceptible. This Miami team's kind of come out of nowhere. Milwaukee, oh. like we don't know oh. what they're going to be with a new coach. They've got some holes to fill as well. So it's not a bad place to be for Nick Nurse. Miami coming in the playing game as, as the eight seed, winning, progressing to the finals against the Nuggets. It just goes to show, you know, you and I were potting in the early days of the sports class and we're talking about the NCAA tournament. It really just goes to show if you make the playoffs, if you make the tournament and you are hot at the right time, that is really the key to it all. Yep, right. If you peak at the right time, you catch fire at the right time, and you ride that wave into the finals, then you can beat anybody and you can win it all. The aforementioned Heat as the prime, prime, clear example in this moment on June 8th, right? They come in as the eight. They're in the finals. They could win the whole fucking thing. Pretty incredible. Nobody saw that coming, right? During the regular season, nobody saw that coming. Hot, hot heat. Shout out to my boy, Steve Bayes. Yeah. Victoria product, hot, hot heat. Yeah. Middle of nowhere. Great tune. The, that, and that's what happens in the tournament. And it's so, it's so clear in the tournament and, you know, but that happens in the NHL and that really happens in the NBA too. Get yourself into the playoffs, get yourself into the air quotes tournament and then get hot at the right time. And you've got something. I love it. And I totally agree. And we've seen it and that's what makes it all so exciting. This is what Silver wanted in a way, right? Like just to have the play-in team run and just to sit back and say, yep, told you, play-in has some value. What's your favorite hot, 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 hot heat song? Oh, man, you know what? I don't know Come on. songs that well. Come on. Julia is friends with Keely Bays, who is Steve Bays' sister. Grew up with the Bays family. I know Don Bays, great guy. Hmm. Uh, I bury the lead here. Uh, Steve is kind of the, the, the front person for yeah. the band. Now he's... I believe living in like New West yeah. and like uh, He's got a producing studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know him well enough. I apologize. Middle of Nowhere would okay. be would be my favorite song of there. Not that they don't have a better one, but I like Middle of Nowhere by Hot Hot Heat. I saw Victoria Band, Hot Hot Heat in the bottom of the Sticky Wicket in two thousand and two. Wow. Yeah, and I won tickets on the radio in a radio contest. And Hot Hot Heat was already big in England and Europe. Like they were, they, they were, were on it. They were on it, and and they were quite. They were an up and coming band in England. In fact, there were more than that. They were an established hot band. Hot band, but then they come back to their hometown, sleepy little Victoria, in two thousand two, and they got to play like sort of like this basement venue of like a bar in town. Yeah, right? that's but a weird what venue. a cool fucking show that was. 
That's that, cool. And that was great. And Steve Bays that night, I was watching him. Oh, he <laughs> he was on fire like Jimmy B, baby. He was <laughs> he was going that night. It was great. It was a great show. Twenty one years later, you still recollect. That's awesome. Yeah. Steve oh, I, has a great head of hair, by the way. He does. He does. <laughs> Not as good as mine, but a great head of hair. I mean, who does? Who <laughs> That's does? a joke. <laughs> Monty Williams. Bag of money. Monty how much Williams. money? How much money did Monty Williams get? Ten, like remember. ten million a year. It was a lot. Damn. That team good is for him. Really interesting, and I'm curious to see who they draft. Jaden Ivey. Hopefully, Cade Cunningham gets back healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duran as well. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad gig. He can kind of like toil away in obscurity there too. Like I don't think the expectations are higher than play in with Detroit. Couple years, try and build it, build a base, build a great base, and then go from there. Right? Like yeah. he could, he could do that. I think he's a quality coach. Yep. I was surprised when Phoenix canned him. Me too. Me too. Yeah, I'm, I'm just to see him bounce back. I really like him as a person and um, yeah, leading a young team as well. I think yeah. could be really uh, effective. He's got six years there, like seventy-two it's, million. It's yeah, in that range. Woo! Maybe six. I feel like it's six, seven is sixty-seven is coming to mind, Dang. but I don't know. That's got to be more than Monty Williams ever made in in all of his contracts as a player. Yeah, right. That's good. wild. Good for him. And that's and he's coached in New Orleans. He's coached in Phoenix, and now he's further down the line in Detroit and raking it in and well deserved getting paid. Yeah. I mean, that's almost Saudi Arabia money. It really is. That was the only <laughs> other offer that was comparable. I mean... The yeah. Saudis are buying everything. <laughs> they are buying everything. Good up. for Monty Williams to get paid. Yeah. I remember him most clearly as a New York Nick. As mm-hmm. a player. Yeah. Number 30. Villanova? Where did he go to school? Good question. I love the where did he go to school game. I don't know. I don't we'll, know. we'll effort and figure it out. We'll get our people on it. We're in that same vicinity, neck of the woods. You mentioned this earlier. Griffin to the Bucks. Thoughts there? Any quick thoughts? Nah. All right. Nah. I mean, you think Giannis had a hand in it? Yes. Yeah. Giannis would have chose him. Yeah. You would hope he had a hand in it. I would think so. Yeah. I mean, he's been lead assistant on the Raps for a long time. I think Giannis signed off on that. And if I was one of the managing partners of the Bucks, I would have done the same thing. You pick your guy, Giannis. Can you imagine those Cream City uh, GMs going like, Giannis, uh, we talked to Brooke Lopez, and this is the guy that he picked. <laughs> so are you uh, you good with this? No, no, Brooke went to Stanford. He knows what he's talking about. <laughs> His game has evolved. He's obviously... He uh, <laughs> he's shooting threes now. He's obviously a very yeah. savvy human. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, Stanford in the Bay Area, Bob Myers... Gone. Gonzo. GSW. Golden State Warriors. Bob, is this... Oh, go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say Bob Myers, the architect of yeah. the four-time champion and and the total juggernaut, basketball juggernaut of our of our sort of the recent I don't know, decade, whatever. Part I was going to say generation, have, but that's a bit strong. So yeah. I apology. Uh, my, I was going to say part of the reason my kids have curry jerseys upstairs, you know? Yeah. Is uh, Bob Myers, like you said, architect's a great word, by the way, to use for what he did in Golden State. Is this the end of an era? Is this kind of the the first? Is this the, um, I don't want to say death knell, but this is this a bellwether for what's to come? Like, Are we going to see Curly? We got, how many more years of Draymond and the blue and yellow? How many more years of Jordan Poole and the blue and gold as well? Shit. You know, so. Yeah. 
is this kind of is Myers getting out what a getting's good? Yeah, I think maybe he is. I hate to say it. Because this this team in in Oakland and now San Francisco has been, in my opinion, so wonderful for basketball, but I think I think you're probably right, JC. I think this might be the start of the exodus and sort of the dissolution of of the Golden State Warriors and and how great they were. Could anybody have predicted? No, no, <laughs> no. We're Go- Seeing that little kid, and I mean, I mean it that way. That that young person in that Davidson jersey and the baggy shorts, bad ankles, bad ankles, and you know, speaking of Cinderella story, a, a team out of nowhere and and transforming, transcending basketball, changing, literally changing everything. We we I don't want to linger here too long, but I'm thinking about. There's gonna be there's gonna be a thirty for thirty or like some sort of like Netflix series or something about this era. I think of this team, mm-hmm. how they changed the game, shooting the threes, Kerr, his style, Splash Brothers, all these other aspects. And also, I think there's gonna be a conversation about missed opportunities because you think about that LeBron block on Iguodala. Nice. Draymond punching LeBron in the crotch, like that series. Oh yeah, losing that series, and then you're gonna also think that's a missed opportunity as well. I think people, I mean, no shade to all you Kawhi fans out there, but like uh, the Raptors, KD doesn't bust his Achilles. Mm. My guy it helped. It helped the Raptors <laughs> situation. Also, yeah, Michael Cooper's kid. Or Michael Cooper, excuse me, <laughs> Clay. Well, I don't know why I said Michael Cooper. Clay doesn't mess up his leg, yeah. As well, that was the same kind of stretch. Sure. If if uh, these things don't happen, that's two more championships potentially. Like if, if I true. mean, that's true. Potentially, yeah. Potentially, yeah. And you kind of think maybe what could have been. We talk about dynasties and things like that, and and like small windows and dynasties are always so much more difficult these uh, these days in the zeitgeist. But it's really interesting. I'm going to see what that legacy is going to be. Curry is going to be an all timer, but like that Golden State is it going to be kind of that like Jordan Bulls? Like man, this was a great dynasty for the time, considering all these things. Considering you had LeBron out there in the world, or is it going to be a situation where it's like? Hey man, they should have won more. No, no, they won four. Four is great. Four is huge. So no, I would I would take the former, not the latter. I think that's you know that's that's huge. That's gonna live forever. That's there's gonna be no there's gonna be no besmirching of that. The new CBA too is really curious to see like what the like what the NBA becomes. We can talk about that more in the summer or what have you, but. I, I stand behind that as well. Four is, is quite significant for that team. And the way they've done it and like Fucking the size. One significant. One significant. To do four? Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, who knows if Milwaukee wins more than one with this Giannis? Doubt it. Right? Doubt it. Right? So, yeah, it is significant. And the way they play is like so fun to watch. It's kind of similar to how a lot of people are gravitating towards this Nuggets team. Mm-hmm. Sharing the ball. Non-conventional center. Mm-hmm. Surrounding him with skilled players. It's really great. I'm going to take a little bit of a turn. A little bit of a dark turn here. And ask you a question here. There's a lot of stuff going on with this particular draft class of like Zion and Ja. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, Zion 
His business is out in the streets. His laundry's on on the lawn right now. Jesus. And I can't get enough, by the way. I'm scrolling Twitter looking for any other nugget I can find. Michael Jackson thriller popcorn emoji. No. Or like a gif. That's what I'm thinking right now. Yeah. Who? There's many ways you can put this question. It's a morbid, morose question, but I'll say it a few different ways. Who's out of the league first? Mm. Who plays more NBA games? Mm. Who gets traded or moved to a, a different team first? Yes. Between Zion and Ja, yeah. If you want, just for shits and giggles, Ben Simmons is he in the league longer than these guys? Wow. So there's a lot of questions wow. there. Wow. Second Ben Simmons reference. Mm. Mm. I think Ja Morant. Oh fuck, tough question. And I know it's not the. It's the dark question. Yeah, yeah, we like dark humor here on the sports class. John Morant, we're assuming John Morant's going to get suspended for the first 50 games. Ooh. I don't, I don't know. That's it's wh- double digits. You take I, the under 20. I think 20 is fair. I think 20 is the okay. line. Okay. I probably, I think it's somewhere 50 in between. 50 games is huge. Yeah, it's huge. 20 is, is, you know, a fourth of the season roughly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll go 25, 25, 30. I think it's where it, where it lands. What's the, like, what is the plus, uh, plus 1000? Like, what are we, <laughs> I'm sure there's a, a. We're still working on our betting sponsor. Joel. I think the same guys that are betting on uh, Demar Hamlin for uh, like comeback player of yeah. the year, like betting on <laughs> bet on anything on the jaw, like uh, games played. Zion Zion played 29 games last year. So did I. Exactly. Exactly. So who plays more next year, John Morant or or Zion? Uh. <laughs> Thoughts? I mean, flip a coin, essentially. Flip, yeah. Flip a coin. I uh, I guess I'll pick Zion, but I have no faith in that pick. I mean, he's going to get hurt. He's going to get fucking hurt. He always gets hurt. I hate to say it, but and, I think Ja, even with the suspension, plays more. Exactly. And I think he's in the league longer. Exactly. I think work ethic and genetics, for mm-hmm. lack of a better way of saying mm-hmm. it, are at odds against... Zion right now, I think he's redeemable. I think he can get it done. He's got CJ McCollum and Brandon um, Ingram, Ingram there. Yeah. Good vets, but it's all up to him. He's got to figure it out. And Ja, similarly, similarly, like, I it's interesting because I don't think that Memphis has the same adults in the room. You have Stephen Adams, maybe, but I don't know if he's going to connect with a Ja mm-hmm. versus New Orleans. I feel like I don't know. I'm worried about Zion. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, I, I, the B word comes to mind. Bust. Yeah, he's close. He's really close, which is crazy because when he was at Duke, when we saw those high school clips come out, what would Coach K say right now? What is Coach K saying? Get right Coach now? K on the blower. Coach okay. K, call in, like, yeah. phone a friend, like Coach K, yeah. like, get in there, clean it up. Coach K, get in his pocket and don't leave for a couple of months. You I got think, nothing else to do. Honestly, like. As well, though, like I know I'm all over the place with this, but like I think he's got to get out of New Orleans. New Orleans is is a send in, <laughs> like you know, it's it's not conducive to good behavior. Mm-hmm. I think you can go out every night, all night in New Orleans. I saw Treme, you know, like I, I know people. I got people listening to this that have had uh, bachelor parties in New Orleans mm. and didn't sleep much. Mm. So, casino, middle of downtown, all the beignets you can eat, jazz music. <laughs> 
they got a hard rock cafe or house of blues. I don't know. I haven't, like, I haven't been to New Orleans. <laughs> I have been in the state of Louisiana. I spent a few nights in Shreveport. You know about travelers then. I do know about travelers. Yeah. Get a hurricane to go, friend. Yeah. yeah. A hur- I had a hurricane on a, on, a, on a boat on a river. We were gambling on a boat on That's a That's our brand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could only gamble on the boat because it was on the river like it wasn't on land. So that's how it was like a legal casino. Louisiana like, oh, no, Loop. Like, oh, no, no, just just get on the boat. You can gamble and drink and be an idiot. But, but as soon as you're back on, like, whoa, tighten up. Louisiana loophole. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I had a couple wonderful nights in Shreveport. I'd go back. <laughs> he looks into the different, you look into the distance with this like reverence for your oh, Shreveport man, time. I, Shreveport. I love my time in Shreveport. And that's Shreveport. That's not even bad. Baton Rouge. No. That's not even no. New Orleans. That's no, not the big easy. No, nothing's happening there. No. Yeah. A lot of temptation station going on there. I want to shift gears. We were talking a little bit earlier about Leo Messi coming to uh, coming to America, <laughs> coming to these shores, coming to uh, Inter Miami. Going to be MLS Messi LS, as I've, I've joked around with Justin about it. But also, I just kind of want to talk about that whole space of like sports washing and like he turned down that huge astronomical deal to go to Saudi Arabia and ball there. But, you know, a few others haven't. Ronaldo, Benzema, I saw some stat like Benzema is going to make more next year than like a, an NFL team, like a full on NFL team, like guys that are getting concussions and like have three to five years of actual sports profession that they'll participate in due to the, the rigors of the sport. Mm-hmm. And then as well, like this weekend, we have the Champions League final. We've got Man City playing Inter and Man City is filthy with oil money like that whole operation yeah right newcastle as well psg a lot of preeminent teams basically are owned by oil states and it's really come to a head as of recently because i mean basically they bought they bought professional golf like all of it i'll 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 see your teams i'll see your players and i'll buy the whole damn i'll take the whole thing thank you yeah yeah so it's just some things are kicking around in my brain. I mean, there's like, I mean, that's also how we were talking earlier about the World Cup. I mean, that's how the World Cup landed in oh, yeah. Qatar, aka Qatar. First I mean, time it's ever not in like a um, summer for Northern Hemisphere. Small little country, not a you know smaller place, and are in a in to your point temperatures and climates and and an area that it's never been before you know the world's biggest tournament has never been before to land in cutter basically like a prefabricated yeah tournament like this reeks. made it, it everything fucking reeks yeah so sports washing explain to me what sports washing is best i i can interpret it and i'll have to go back and, and don't hold me to this but i i think basically it's like changing the image or perception of an entity based on kind of goodwill or yeah. like kind of uh, almost like a, a decoy. Like don't look at the human rights shit that we're doing yeah. incorrectly and building all of these stadiums 
overnight and yeah. getting this this uh, workers labor. dying. Yeah, don't look at all of this over here. Look at the fact that we're bringing you the best of the best as far as the mm-hmm. athletes or teams within that sport. We're creating basically fantasy teams in the EPL or, or BPL or it goes by now. You know, like you want Holland, got him. You want Pep Guardiola, got him. You want yeah. uh, Neymar, yeah. Messi. Yep. Uh, Mbappe, how much money you want Mbappe? Doesn't matter because the coffers, still, the coffers are endless. The, it's like infinite money. It is. It so, is. Yeah. So it's just one of those things where it's kind of like a diversion from like the fact that like women can't drive in your country, Gee. you know, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So there's an ugly side for sure to to it. Um, yeah. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Like it's it. It's tough. It because, really did come to a head, JC. Sorry to cut you off. It yeah. really did come to a head two days ago when, when the live live golf bought the PGA and they they sort of amalgamated and joined together. And that was really, to me, I'm not a golf person, but that was really a clear sign that that this Saudi money was is is indefinite and unstoppable, and like you said, infinite. I mean, everyone has a price, apparently. Everyone has a price. I mean, PGA Commissioner Jay Monahan looks like an absolute clown. An absolute clown. He's the one that brought up nine uh, eleven and and the damage that was damage that was done to American families, and and he's the one who brought all that into it when that divergence happened. That was less than a year ago, less right? Less than a year ago, yeah, maybe, yeah, about a year ago. And and these golfers, like Rory, Tiger Woods, turned down. I heard I read something today. Don't don't take it as gospel, but like Rory turned down 175 million guaranteed. Wow! And he and pledges allegiance to the flag of the PGA Tour. Right now they come crawling back, and not only they don't they don't come crawling back, they just come in swooping with 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 buckets and briefcases of dough and 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 we're just gonna go onward like what a fucking trip it's gotta be sick like gotta i know like uh, rory has been outspoken about how he's felt but you gotta feel sick inside when you're like okay i'm gonna make a stand and then the people making the decisions the choices are like you know what we're just gonna backtrack and slide here so and and money talks and that's that is really the question in this category to me jamal is like where have or where are the ethics in sports going? Where are the ethics in sports going, right? Are we at a point now in 2023 where it's just all about the Benjamins, baby? Like, you know, like yeah. we got NIL and NCAA fucking Saudis are buying up everything, everything. And you bet if they send the sports gloss a check, we're packing this operation up and we're heading <laughs> over. But like it, the aforementioned EPL squads, like this is... There's no loyalty left, and it's just about dough. It is. Everybody's Am I being a, f- a bit dramatic? or No, I think we've reached a state where everybody's a free agent all the time. Yeah. You know, we talk about all these kinds of things, tampering. like you're t- NIL, thanks for extrapolating it and getting to NIL, because that's where my mind was as well. Mm-hmm. It's just like any point, you know, you can just jump to another college. These uh, The player empowerment era as we've uh, deemed it in the in the NBA, like for better or for worse, like we've seen James Harden's, KD's, like different players, fickle as they want to be, just basically 
you know, bully their way out of town or, or whatever, ask for trades or like stop playing. Like in James Harden's case where I still ride him all the time that the way he left Houston and the way that he like now seems that he wants to go back to Houston is just really abysmal. Yeah. It's odd. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it's, it's kind of endemic of another, a bigger problem, but yeah, as well, like these people are getting paid large sums of money. I've been kind of, you know, talking about like Jalen Brown, how I'm just like, you know, I'm not really that impressed and I wouldn't pay him the money. He's going to get paid one way or another. He's going to get paid. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that he is doing the same thing. He doesn't have the same motives of all this stuff, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying the, the fact exists that like Boston or whoever else, someone's going to pay him. Mm-hmm. Jordan Poole's got a fat contract. I don't know if he's going to be in uh, the Bay area next year, but you know what? Somebody's going to pay it. And yeah, I'm kind of on a tangent, but it, it it's a little it's a little tough. Yeah, you know, I have this reverence for like the one team guys, like the loyalty, yeah. like your bird, your magic, yep. your yeah. Can't say Michael technically, but really, let's be honest, like close enough. Michael, even like yeah. Dominique Wilkins, I sure. feel like you know just all these guys. Anyway, all that being said, like the money, like you said, now that is just out there where you can just ch- generational wealth, like mogul stacks. It's hard to like really talk someone down from that. Like I'm just like, hey, you want to go play in this mediocre league and make enough money that like no one in your lineage will ever have to worry about things. Yeah. It's incredible. Poof. Yeah, it's yeah. wild. It is. Yeah. So we'll see how it all plays out. I'm wondering how far those tentacles will reach and if it'll kind of uh, permeate a lot of other sports and. I don't know. Like, I think it will. I think it will. We might have an NFL team in Riyadh. I think you're right. I think you're right. <laughs> Even more reason why I'm going to head to the store tomorrow and check my lottery ticket. Let's see if I'm the lucky winner of that 34 mil. We never saw him again. <laughs> Gone. <laughs> Dad went out for cigarettes. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Sports Lots of Justin Jamal. If you haven't already, find us on Instagram at The Sports Gloss. We're working on getting some YouTube stuff up there too, so stay tuned for that. JK, what do we always say to the people? Survive. Event advance. Peace. Peace.